I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you. Then St. Paul proceeds to describe the Eucharist as it was done in the first century. I think it is of paramount importance that Paul repeats the phrases that we have from the Gospels. This is my body, this is my blood. Such is the level of faith we are called to have in the Eucharistic presence of Jesus. There have been books describing Eucharistic miracles down through the history of, of the Church. One book that I am aware of records 36 different miracles, and yet there are so many who want to reject the reality of what Jesus said and did. The Second Vatican Council describes the Eucharist as the source and summit of the Christian life. You can reflect a long time on those words from the Council. I spent no little time myself as I was preparing for this weekend reflecting on just those words, source and summit of the Christian life. There have been in recent years many surveys that suggest that not all Catholics accept the teaching of the Church, that the bread and the wine become the body and blood of Jesus. I think it is too easy for us to be too casual about this marvelous gift of God. I also don't think there are enough words to describe this marvelous gift. Think of the words that St. Thomas Aquinas wrote that have become the traditional songs for benediction. Down in adoration falling, this great sacrament we hail. We do not fall in adoration before anything less than God himself. To do so would be idolatry and would be denying the very truth of God's own self-revelation. I understand that it can be hard for us to embrace the idea of the presence of Jesus in the form of bread and wine. It is one of the things that causes many Protestants to object to our Catholic faith. They, th if they understand what we are doing, accuse us of idolatry. The terrible thing is, from their perspective, they are understanding what we do. They cannot approach it because they do not fully understand the amazing gift that God has poured into his church. I admit, I am only guessing here, but I believe that the surveys that have given us such sad statistics about the number of Catholics who believe in the real presence believe the way they do because of the influence of Protestant Christians primarily. I believe that another part of the reason why so many Catholics do not believe is because of the poor catechesis that the Church has done over the last several decades since the Second Vatican Council. We are a Eucharistic-centered people. That is clear with what we do every weekend as part of our worship. It is not just about getting together and hearing some songs and hearing a preacher talk, talk on for 30 to 40 minutes. I don't even preach half that long, though you may think I do. Sorry, a little attempt at humor. No, we are a people who seek to worship God as we behold him face to face. Even in the hidden form of bread and wine that has been transformed into the body and blood of Christ, the top moments of every Mass reside, in my opinion, in the words of consecration and in the words the priest says just before he receives communion. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. This is the one true God who has allowed us to come and stand in his presence, to worship him, to declare his majesty, 
to bow before him and then receive him. Let others scoff at the truth that we know. Yes, there are questioners, and that is a good thing. That is why we have one of those Eucharistic miracles from the book I mentioned earlier. There was a priest centuries ago who was questioning if the bread and the wine really became the body and blood of Jesus. Then, as he finished his prayers, the bread literally became flesh and the wine literally became blood. This has been documented in the history of the church. Let the world laugh at us. Even let our brothers and sisters in Christ who are separated from us scoff at our belief in the real presence. This is the source and summit of our faith. This is the reason we gather to worship. And our worship is not about singing songs or listening to some marvelous sermon. It is about coming before the all-holy God to worship Him. It is about the coming before the all-holy God to worship Him. This is our first purpose in being here or at any Mass. It does not matter how good or bad the preaching is. What matters is the presence of Jesus before us. There is a song that was very popular several years ago among Christian performers. It proves our non-Catholic brothers and sisters do know how to worship and to call people to worship. But we, as Catholics, we understand worship through the Mass better than anyone else. Here are the lyrics, very simple and short, though the original song repeats the words several times. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come, one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. And then it repeats. If you look it up on the internet, the song was written by Brian Robert Dorkson. We have come to worship. On this feast day of the body and blood of Christ, we worship the God-made flesh, the God who died, the God who rose and ascended and who will come again. The call to worship resides perfectly in the call to Mass. This is our declaration of faith, and we are profound, pro, pro, proud to profess it in Christ Jesus. So I repeat again the words of that song. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come just as you are before your God. Come. And from the close of the book of Revelation, we hear the Spirit and the Bride say, Come.